All right, Lord, we just lift you up. We thank you so much for your embrace, for your presence. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you for the finished work of the cross. Thank you didn't, that you didn't make us as robots, just already like engineered to love you without having a choice, that you are a God of free will. And we choose you, Father God. We choose you. Our heart's desire is to see other people choose you too. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't make us like an ant farm just to be crushed and destroyed if it didn't work out. But you had a plan in place. You still have a plan in place. We recognize the fall and the tree and salvation. Those are all plan A. We're looking forward to your return, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Thank you guys for being here. I promise this is going to be a short one. But uh, <laughs> to tell you the truth, this actually came out because I'm starting to work kind of on the vision of this church. And it's starting to formulate. But as it was starting to formulate, it just kind of morphed into a, a sermon that I think is a word and is important and is critical and uh, is applicable to the theme that we've been on for quite a while is being brought into maturity. Uh, progressing from the basics and moving on into the the deeper truths and how they actually physically apply to our life and how to apply those things, changing our our knowledge as we go through the Bible into actual wisdom that we can actually act on the things we learn from the Bible and the things that the Holy Spirit moves inside of us. And I ended up getting the outline going and I had like three points, but then even those three three points had three points below those and those three points would have sub points and I was like, man, this is going to be long. So I stopped it pretty quickly, I promise you. I think I remember Tyron saying something one time saying, he said, it's better to to give one point thoroughly than ten points that are just misunderstood and trying to to grasp a hold of that. I can't guarantee it'll be one point, but it won't be 30 points or whatever, anything like that. Um, yeah, or 21. <laughs> no, no, that was good. Rob did a great job last week. I mean, yes, he had 21 points, but they were all short, and they all applied and really pointed directly back at the theme, which is persevering and, and, and rising through and standing firm and standing strong in the faith. So I'm going to back up, back to that point. And we'll probably be on this for a few weeks, it seems. But uh, first and foremost is just the, the basic theme is, is honoring God. How do we honor God? What do we do to honor God? What does that mean? And I just started working on that. And uh, I just, a lot, I do this often because sometimes the English language is interesting because we'll, I'll I hear a word and I'll think I know the meaning of that word my whole entire life until I actually look it up. And turns out I've been using it wrong the whole time anyway. So I looked up honor, and it's interesting because it has a whole bunch of uh, different, you know, multiple meanings. One would be like a high respect or a great esteem, like um, something, somebody who's honored or esteemed or held up on high, which we truly can apply that to God, right? 
Then there's another one saying adherence to what is right, honoring something, honoring the law, honoring the rules, honoring a message, honoring guidance and direction, things of that nature, which I was like, man, that totally applies to God, right? If they love me, they'll obey me, you know, follow my laws, do what I say. And then something regarded as a rare opportunity and bringing pride and pleasure, a privilege. We are honored to be able to serve God. You know, it kind of goes both ways. As we honor him and lift it up, we are honored to be able to even do that. As we honor the things he told us to do, we honor his name and lift him up. And it's an honor and a privilege to even be able to do those things. So this word honor kind of like, I was like, okay, it's just a word. I'm just going to get the basic. Oh, honor means this, and this is how we apply it. And then as I looked at the whole message of what the word honor means, it all applied up and down the chain, right? It was amazing to me. So one of the first things we can do, and I just kind of put them in order randomly as best I could, is to recognize and acknowledge who God is. And the reason that kind of really came to the forefront is, what does God tell us to do? Jesus told us, the first and most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and strength. And the second is like it, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. I revert mostly, mostly to the first portion there, is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our mind, and all of our strength. Honoring him in everything and giving him glory. Another one that really came to mind is as Jesus taught us to pray, the first phrase, and we already said it once today, and I find myself saying it often, especially when I'm at a loss for words. I think it's the most important part of that whole prayer, of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus gave us as an example, is our Father God in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He is hallowed. He is in heaven. He is outside of the natural realm. He's outside of time and space. He's bigger than we could possibly even imagine or even understand. Yet, he lays out his connection to us, our Father God in heaven. That's the relationship that we are honored and privileged to have with this Father God who spoke the universe into being. There's so many ways people, uh, let me make sure I'm not getting too far ahead of myself. I'm going to stop right there. So we need to recognize and acknowledge who he is. That's the first way to honor him. He is all-powerful. He's eternal. He's the creator of all things. He was and is, and he will always be. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. There's nothing before that. God is not a created creature. Again, something that we don't understand or can't understand. Because really, when we start to think, especially, I mean, I feel when I start to think of eternity, it can get overwhelming because it's so much bigger than I'm able to grasp. Yet God lives in that, and is more than that, and is in that. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. And I love that because... I'm going to say it's my opinion, this is just Travis's opinion, but I don't believe in atheists. I don't believe they exist. I believe there's people that choose to deny the truth or choose to not believe, choose to profess to not believe, but I don't believe that's truly what's in their heart. One of the 
comments about Christianity is, oh, throughout the world, throughout the nations, throughout history, people have been coming up with other gods and a god or a god for this or a god for that. They're the pantheist and the, and the uh, um, gods that create gods for Mother Nature. And, and, and I understand that. And to me, that points towards God, not away from God. Because it's a natural revelation of God without knowing God. There's no reason if we're just animals that we would even have that concept in our mind or come up with anything like that, especially worldwide, from culture to culture and people to people. We've been making up gods when we don't know him. But his qualities are there, and they're relevant, and they're true. And once we get to really know God, we see how true and relevant he is. It makes me think of, there was a story about, you know, a young Islam man, Muslim boy, before he's taught who Allah is and all that stuff, and he's staring at the sky and he's thinking, there's something greater, there's something bigger. This is created by a God, you know, and is overwhelmed by that sense. I've, I've been in Afghanistan and the darkest dark of nights, and I remember one night I was looking up at the stars and it was like layers and layers of stars, so many that as I looked at the next layer of stars, I would see faint outlines of more layers of stars and faint outlines of more. Has anybody seen the sky like that? Where it's almost overwhelming and it just never ends. It ends up looking like the Milky Way out there and it's like billions and billions of stars are in my field of view right now. And all I can think of is this is nothing. There is so much more than this created by an amazing God that's outside of the realm of this universe to be able to speak this universe into being. And you get feeling so small. It's almost a little scary overwhelming sometimes. And you realize the bigness and the vastness of God. And that's the same God, and I do believe this, that the Muslim boy that hasn't been blinded (laughs) yet by Islam is thinking, seeing, and believing in the same God I am. The God of all creation. And of course we know, and that's a whole other sermon, is that's when the enemy wants to move in and distort and lie and turn people away from Jesus Christ. Quick little side note that's critically important. It is only through Jesus that we go to the Father. It is only through Jesus. There are not a bunch of paths that go to the lead to the top of the mountain. There's a whole bunch of paths that think that you'll think you'll be going to the top of the mountain that lead right off a cliff. There's only one, and it's narrow, and it's rocky. But we have that name of Jesus Christ that brings us through it all. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, is what Jesus said. We acknowledge him in his sovereignty and his righteousness. He is just, he is merciful, and he is love. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses... 24, Sovereign Lord, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do? Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. And I was just going to use the very last verse of this chapter, but then I read the whole chapter and it was just awesome, so I couldn't leave it out. I'm going to start over here. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith 
into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I want to stop quickly right there because soon I'm going to talk to the triune nature. So we're honoring God by acknowledging who he is and how big he is, how sovereign and how righteous, but at the same time how graceful and loving and patient he is. And our next thing is we're going to talk about understanding his triune nature, which is so ununderstandable by our finite minds, but understandable because the Bible says so. I love, oh, okay, I'm going to get way off if I go on that. And right there we see the triune nature of God. Right there we see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We see our sovereign God who is righteous and holy. And we see the Holy Spirit descending onto us. <clears throat> God's love poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will someone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. Here it is. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I just love that phrase. It was that that I wanted to read at first, and then the whole thing came to just be, I couldn't, I couldn't hit delete on that, not for a second, because it's so complete in its fullness for us. That as we recognize our Father who art in heaven, and that's what I'm coming back to, is that's the beginning of truly honoring God, is knowing that, recognizing that, bringing it into hearts. As Rob was talking, let us not be people that speak with here, with our mouths and not have it here. That doesn't mean that professing and speaking life and not death and professing our love for the Lord isn't important, but it's empty and nothing without it being here. That we get to look up at this God who is outside of time and space, who is not a created being, but spoke this universe into existence, back to that amazing sky, the bigness of the sky, I'm a little bit of a science nerd too, but the smallness of the small, that we haven't found that smallest particle yet. My picture is like being in the middle of it and seeing the bigness of the universe as I look at the sky and it all funnels down to tiny little us. And then we look at the bigness of the smallness. Does that make sense? The bigness of how small the atomic realm is blows me away just as much as the bigness of the, the universe that we see in the sky. You know? And, and it, okay. <laughs> God is good. And He is big. And He is amazing. But the amazing power it is, He still desires to have a father-son, father-daughter relationship with us. And we get to choose Him. <clears throat> and He's an eternal God. I was reading something. The, the eternal... The eternal wages of sin paid for by Jesus for eternal sin, which is any sin we commit against an eternal God. 
Again, they could only be atoned for by an eternal sacrifice, by the perfect man of Jesus Christ. Man. We recognize him for who he is. We recognize his bigness, and in that we honor him. We honor him when we recognize the triune nature of our God, when we recognize and acknowledge that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, it's one God but three personages. Does that make sense? Well, probably to our finite mind, no. It doesn't to mine either. One thing that's been such a revelation, so amazing to me, is how the Bible is revealed in nature. And the Bible is revealed in science. Honestly, science is a seeking of the truth and the seeking of knowledge. And it all goes back to God all the time. I know there's a lot of refuting going on there, but it's a lot of twisting of science, quite frankly, in a world that's want, that wants to deny God and deny Christ. Yeah. The world did not love the light because the world wanted to do what it wanted to do in darkness. So it tries to deny the light and refute the light. And the enemy would love us nothing more for us to shut our mouths about this. I love that God reveals his, innate, his, his nature and his presence in nature. And, but I, I, I would never want us to be stuck on that point where God has to use natural laws to do miraculous things. He doesn't have to. He just does often. And quite frankly, I think that's for our benefit. <clears throat> An image kind of came to me recently of the fact of the matter is we say all the time, we step out of the boat in faith and we get accused often of, ah, oh, you're shutting off your brain and just going on blind faith. But it's not blind faith. It's faith in who God has already revealed he is. It's not about faith. It's about accepting what we see and receiving what God has called us to. And then stepping out in faith that God is capable that he's willing, and then we're called to it. Peter stepped out of the boat because he saw Jesus. He saw Jesus standing on the water. So while I see him, he's standing on the water, so clearly he can. He's looking into my face saying, Peter, step out of the boat. And on that note, Peter, in faith in who Jesus is, his capabilities and the calling, steps out of the boat. Yeah. Right? Let us be those people that honor God by seeing who he is, by what we see in the realm and the, in the nature and who, what he tells us and who he says he is in the Bible and the stirrings of the Holy Spirit that exist in our heart now that we can see it, we can believe it, and then we can step out in the faith that we're called to it. <clears throat> and then there are going to be some things that we don't quite understand. And there's so few in my mind's eye, and I remember being, I guess this is part of being brought into maturity, is I had to be really invested in faith when I was first saved because I didn't understand any of this and I didn't know how to apply it. But as I read, as I, as I meditate, as I pray, as God reveals these things, and again, I, I hope you understand this is no pumping up of me. I, I want nothing to do with me in any of this. This is all about the grace of Jesus Christ the glory of God, that he can put visions and imageries. He speaks to you like you want. I love the fact that Jesus, why does he speak in all these parables? Because he speaks the language that you're going to understand. I love the imagery that God has put on my mind's eye because those are the things that apply to me and, and help me understand more and more of the character of God and how what my role is in this relationship, this father-son relationship with a God that I so much don't deserve. Recently, I was 
talking to, it was my son, we went surfing not too long ago, and again, I, I want to make sure, there's no bragging in here, this is bragging about God being good. <clears throat> so we can boast in these things, we even get told we can boast by Paul. In these things we can boast. So I'm boasting in this. Uh, I've never been a really approachable person. You know? And uh, especially in surfing, sometimes I could get pretty aggro out there and stuff. But I would say in the last few years, which would be relatively recently compared to my life and everything, um, I, I feel that God really put it on my heart to say, you need to change the culture of what's going on out in the water by being the one that puts on a smile and is approachable and says hello and how are you doing and that was a good wave or any of those things. And he challenged me and so I just like, and this is such a small, this is almost goofy to say because I'm thinking of Peter, you know, stepping out of a boat into water. You know, this is my version. It's pretty small. But big to me that he would call me to it and had promised that there would be a reward from it. And, uh, and again, I'm circling back to honoring here. There is a point here. So as I was obedient and said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure I say hi to at least three people in the water and, you know, all that stuff. And, and you don't want it to be fake, right? That's not what God's calling you to do. But what I noticed pretty quickly is when I forced myself to be a little not so aggro and then make eye contact with people and say hello and all that stuff, that the, the culture out there is pretty tight and competitive and angry. But I feel what I've learned is everybody's just reacting to everybody's anger and competitiveness and aggressiveness. And once you break it just a little bit with like, hey, how you doing? That face changes. And other people over here. And you're not like going for being a weirdo or anything, but you are affecting this circle of influence by receiving what the Holy Spirit put on your heart and just opening your mouth and saying it. But it's from the heart first and here. Okay, here's the challenge. And I, in my heart, receive you and I'm going to be obedient. And, and there's a difference. There's a change. But the cool thing is, God honored that, and now it's just an honor to be able to do it. Now, it's been a couple years, and now it's just nature. I just do it because, and I enjoy it, and I found that I really do actually like the people that I talk to. It's not a fake little thing where, like, I had to say hi to you, so hi, you know. Long borders, you know, or whatever, you know. Because they respond, and then I respond too, Right? Even if I had to push in the beginning to deny myself a little bit and act in the way that God had asked me to do, but there's a return, there's a response. Well, now this is real because now this person is a real person to me. It's just somebody in my way, you know? Well, this person's actually pretty nice. Well, that means that one might be pretty nice too. And next thing you know, so actually I was with Justice yesterday and we're out surfing and I talked to a couple people like I normally do and then got out of the water and was walking by and there was a dude and he said, hey, how'd it go? And started talking to him and he's waiting for me in the truck as I'm rambling on with this dude and making a new friend. His name's Ray. Um, he's an engineer. <laughs> yeah, he used to work in the defense industry. He's retiring in the next couple of years. And, you know, I know all this stuff about this guy and he knows me too and it's cool. And I've met him for, known him for 15 minutes, you know, and it's awesome. And it's a relationship, you know, it was an opportunity, you know, to look for ways for something to have eternal value, to include this silly little surfing thing, you know? So that honor comes back, that I was honored to be able to do it. Was God honored in that, or would he have been honored if I had just gave him a dirty look? Because he was packing up a stand-up paddleboard, too. 
on a big day in the surf too, huh? Hey, you know? <laughs> so there was every opportunity in myself and in my flesh to be angry and certainly not nice. But, you know, I can feel that God has made that change in me. And he will for all of us here. If you haven't been there or if you've been there and this is old news to you, hey, congratulations. If you're looking online and you're looking for those changes in your lives, let God move you. Because that's how we honor God. We recognize who he is. We recognize his bigness. We recognize that even in his bigness, he called us to have a father-son relationship. Father-daughter, whatever you want to call it. A tight, intimate relationship that we don't deserve. And then he calls us to recognize his triune nature, which comes with the judgment and the righteousness, because we want God to be perfect and just. And we see his mercy and his grace and his love through his son, also God, the name of Jesus Christ. And then we receive and we're saved. We say, how do I get help? How do I change myself? How do I deny myself? How do I decide what's right and wrong? And we are imparted with a Holy Spirit, also God living here. We don't even have to go to a temple anymore. I love the imagery that God put in my mind of the back in the day, you know, Moses is talking to the burning bush or the whole mountains covered in clouds and shaking and trembling. And these people had the opportunity to as close as possible, see God's glory, right? That's amazing. And I almost felt like a little like jealous, but then I turn it around and go, but they didn't have God living in their heart. They were still under the law they should be jealous of where we're at now. Because that same God that was shaking that mountain, that same power that was a column of smoke and a column of fire, that same power, that same God that split the Red Sea and led his people into the wilderness and led them through the wilderness and led them into the promised land lives in here right now. That should be overwhelming. Lean on it. Know it's there. Because we honor him by seeing him and recognizing him. We honor him by seeing his nature and his triune nature. We honor him by knowing that through those three persons of God, there is one God. Have no gods before me. And we honor him by being obedient. And in that, he will honor us. Isn't that cool? We get to pick up the righteousness of Jesus Christ one day. I told you it was going to be short because I got like one, two, three. I got a lot more stuff and then it goes on to whole other pages that I chose not to bring because then I'd be tempted to go into them. So I'd like to, if we could, just stand up together and we'll pray and honor God right now. (sighs) No, because I don't want it to turn into racing for it because I think it's important. And I know you're not, and I appreciate that. Father God, we just lift you up. We honor your heavenly name. We thank you so much that you've had us on this path of coming into maturity. And I even recognize that today, even in the path of bringing us into maturity, you kind of circled us back into the beginning. Recognize God. Know who you are. Honor you. Be obedient. Understand the triune nature. Be accepting of the things we don't understand and walk in faith. We receive those things, Lord. And we're looking forward to where you're bringing us from here. Do your work in us, Father God, author and perfecter of our faith. We love you, Lord. 
We want to be a people that exude the fruit of the Holy Spirit. As you put maturity into our hearts, we come to the understanding that we are becoming mature as we exude those qualities. As the fruit of the Holy Spirit comes out of us, Father God, we recognize that it's you doing your good and perfect works. We receive you. Change us, Father God. Change us, Lord. We lean on the Holy Spirit to help us make those wise decisions. We recognize that, again, even as we look into nature, we see that you clearly exist, and we see how big and great and awesome you are. We can also see the morality of your character in the natural realm. Lord, we recognize that those that don't know you understand right from wrong. But we don't want to be people that constantly choose wrong till our hearts are seared and we no longer feel the effects of it or acknowledge the immorality of of the things we do or things we choose when we're in the flesh. We want to always be aware of right and wrong and always be aware, aware of the criticality of being victorious over sin. And Lord, we thank you so much that you acknowledge we can't do it in our flesh. So hence, you brought our souls back to life and you imparted the Holy Spirit. So we receive the conviction. We receive correction. Understanding that a father loves the child that he disciplines. Beware of what you pray for. Not necessarily praying for you to come down on us and discipline us. But Lord, if that's the case, your will be done. And give us the strength to stand firm underneath it and then come out changed on the other side. We love you, Lord. We want to reflect you more and more. Finish your work, O author and perfecter of our faith, as we come into the fullness of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, who came to earth, became a man, died on the cross, and was resurrected three days later as the perfect atonement for eternal sin against an eternal God, that that price has been paid. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks for being here.